If you are watching this, please share it with your grandmother and show us her response. Tweet it at us. We want to see uh, what Gma thinks about big content or just what she thinks about us. Till next time. Ooh, welcome back to a non-air-conditioned office. I think I got him. He, no, I saw he a head didn't turn. Give a shit. I saw a head turn. What? What do you mean? <laughs> he was just wondering what was going on in here. Yeah, that's enough. That's enough for me. I didn't expect him to jump or anything. He's a grown ass man. <laughs> what do we get? What do we? Uh, what do, What do those grown ass men have on the docket today? On the docket today. First of all, happy birthday, Thank Big you. Three One. Correct. Um, who, I love that you thought it was thirty. Who wears Who wears thirty one in the league? Not, not Jamal Williams. Like a jersey number. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's got to be a famous 31. Moser, did he wear 31? Ooh, he feels like a 31 guy. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Num- numbers are not a good thing for me when it comes to jerseys. Running backs are obviously like 28, 29, 30, 31, 32. But I actually feel like 31 is like the rare number within that subset. That's probably the, the rarest. But you're 31. What was the point of that? It was just, you know, you tie it to the number of how old you are. You're old. Get over it. Execution. Um, so what year did you write that blog about life? I wrote You've that. You've written two? I've written one, and it was when the year turned 2020. So, like, the okay. decade looking back wasn't, like, my 20 or 30-year-old. Right. It was, like, the decade of 2010 to 2020. Okay, so it was a it was a decade looking back. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed that piece. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, where could they even find it? It's it's pinned on my Twitter. Pinned on Nick's Twitter. If I had, if I one day unpin it, I I don't even know if I know where to find <laughs> it again. To be honest with you, like it's on some is it on it's, your it's website? on a website somewhere, but but like, it's not your website. It's on like some WordPress or random site. It's right? on like a Shopify site, I think, at this point. But I'm not even yeah. sure if it's on our Shopify site. It's but on I have a Shopify uh, site. Yeah, that's not where you hide hide content. Yeah, no, no. The I think the only way to find it is uh is through my pin tweet. Okay. Well, anyways. Go to Nick's Twitter. He wrote this amazing thing that I thoroughly enjoyed. It was kind of looking back on the past decade, everything you learned, everything that you know about, all that good stuff. But so I guess we're not getting a blog. I thought it was like every year, every few years you write it. I guess it I'll needs, see you it in, needs spacing. Uh, it needs spacing. You know? right. I need to learn more lessons. Okay. But, because because <laughs> I did it three years ago. But 10 years of spacing. That's a lot. But that's, you're a long-term well, That's term what guy. will make it I powerful. Know, you know? I, know, I, know. I don't blog ever. But I've but Can if you, I hit the keyboard, you know, once every 10 years, it yeah. could be big. It is powerful. And and it will be on Shopify. And in it'll, seven years. It will be in a Shopify store near you saw that. I'm yeah, fucking was, dialed in right now. Seven years from now, it what what will it be on? It'll go from Shopify to what? Probably be like augmented reality. <laughs> augmented you'll be reality. able to be. You'll be able to sit down <laughs> on this couch thoughts. with me and me like talking to you like this. Yeah. Uh, what What have you learned in the past year? Woo! The past year. Yeah, just one year since thirty to thirty one. In the past year, I um, I care way less about. I'm I'm definitely a meaner person. Really, but, but in a good way. Not like I'm not intentionally mean. Like I'm not a douchebag. But like if I I, I care a lot less about like people's kind of excuses for why things aren't the way they are and i'm just like this is what it is this is i want to get from point a to b and you explaining a bunch of bullshit on the way there if you're like in the way i'm like i don't i don't care you know that that's kind of where i'm at and and i honestly feel like that has helped me now down a lot of different avenues in my life where i would allow um i think i would allow like empathy which is a great trait to have Mm -hmm. but it can be dangerous i think if you allow all of your decision-making through empathy because then you start to just think of the way the other person does right and then you only side you side with them over yourself Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and it's like a lack of respect for yourself in in a sense so I think I've been able to narrow down like what I'm looking for in 
every facet of my life and I'm not afraid to like project that onto other people. Mm -hmm. It's like, you're not like, you're not the right person for this, whether it's it's significant other or it's people that I'm working with or people that I'm doing projects with or whatever. I'm not afraid to like speak my mind on those things anymore. Yeah. Cause in the long term, it's like if, if people can't handle that, then they're not the type of people I want to be around in the first place. Anyways, if I'm trying to get to like the next level, right. If you can't take criticism or you can't realize that not everybody is for everything, mm -hmm. then like you, sh you're not the right person for me, you know? So I've, I've just, come way more in tune with like who I am and what I want and how to get there. It's interesting because <clears throat> obviously you take the lane of you're not for me. I don't think that every person in your life is going to be that type of person, mm -hmm. or maybe you only do want to surround yourself, but it feels like a very specific type of person. Then maybe you just surround yourself with the same type of people. Do you have that worry at all? Um, no, because I, I, th I have, I, I guess in, in some assets i do look around that i'm like maybe i'm like too Ruthless. specific is probably with, the word maybe. i would use yeah like i i with with work i'm mm -hmm. completely fine with that there are some assets like uh in, in like my dating life for sure i'm extremely picky with girls that i will I, i'll go i'll date a lot right but yeah, like yeah. there are very few times i'm like this is the kind of person i can see myself like yeah. dating further into the future and i am very picky and very precise with it it's a lot of it because i just don't want to spend my energy and time in places that I already think I have a feeling, but I've been wrong on that stuff before yeah. where I'm like, Oh, I don't think this is right. And then six months down the line, I'm like, Holy shit. Imagine yeah. I just like cut it off there. But I think the more, you know yourself, the more, you know, specific things are kind of like triggers for you. And you're like, that's not, I, I've been down yeah. this road before. And the older you get, I'm very, very old, you know, no. very, very wise. <laughs> yeah, you are, you are very yeah. wise. No, I, th I think that it is a good point of view to have. And you, you essentially cut the fat and you cut through the bullshit of, of a lot of life and it'll get you much further. It'll put you in a place where you want to be. I think there will be times in your life where, I mean, maybe I'm projecting and thinking from experience, like I, I value that trait from you. Like I genuinely enjoy how straight to the point you are. Like we enjoy that. I know with Hallie, it just would never work in a million years because she, she just physically could not go about life that way. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just something that I'm offering as kind of like in the back of your mind, know who you are, what you want, but also, you know, there. A lot of leadership, I feel like, is people management at the end sure. of the day. And, and I think I've managed that you, way you've for put, a long time From the as people well. in our room right here, you've, you've definitely found the people that fit that. I wonder if one day there will be someone who's, who could drive your business so far because they're a creative mastermind or they're the smartest fantasy person in the room, and they just like cannot work under the pressure or the realness of... And you might say that maybe they're not for us, but maybe they are, and you just have to kind of adjust to them a little bit yeah i mean i try to again like em empathy is a is a is not my driving force anymore that's right, the biggest right. takeaway is like i no longer use it as a as the driving force where for a long time i felt like i actually did that and now right. it's a tool with which i can put context behind and understand like these kids are young right like these kids are 22 to 25 <laughs> yeah, so yeah. i expect a lot but like i i don't think i ever push it over the edge where like you don't do this thing and that's the end of it for you yeah. but if i do do that it's like preface with a lot of lead up to that point right. So I'm at the point where now I feel like I've done more screening work to know that the people that I'm putting in those mm -hmm. positions will be able to handle it. And if not, like I know, hopefully I know the pressure points to push to, to get them yeah. there. I, I don't just, think like, I expect greatness, honestly, from everyone that I yeah. work with from here on out. And like, and even who you live with, want right. to be with, yeah. I, I get that. And I think that you're not unfair with what you're doing either. Like if you were like, get this done by this time and it was completely unreasonable. Then you cut them. You're like, I don't have time for your excuses. That would be different. Right. Like all the meetings but, I have to prepare for it is yeah. always like, here's what I think you can do. Like, do you have concerns about this? If not, we could switch it. And then like two weeks down the line, we'll check again and be like, 
what's your workload like right now? Mm. Is this good? Is this, do we need to pull back? Can I give you more or whatever? So it is a constant check-in. You know what I mean? But like, mm. if you're going to give me your word that like, oh, I'm, this is perfect for me. And then two weeks down the line, you're like, oh, I couldn't get it done. I'm like, you just told me it was perfect for right. you. So like, that's where I have a problem. But yeah. I try to communicate very clearly upfront on these, these types of things now. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, you're 31. Are you having a midlife crisis in any fashion? Have you seen your views on life change? <laughs> Have you like, I mean, I even think over the past year, one thing that's kind of been not a roller coaster, but I've seen change from you is like what your aspirations here are, what your aspirations long term are, what like, you know, one day you're like, I don't know, maybe if someone gave me a lot of money, I could <laughs> flip this thing. And then one day you're like, it doesn't matter. There's no price. Um, I am. I am. To be completely honest with you, dude, I was I was thinking about like big content as a whole. And the reason I think I wanted to start this podcast was it wasn't necessarily because there was like an opportunity in the market. I was like, man, I just love talk. It, it for me. It was almost like an outlet to get away from not to get away from, but like yeah. something I enjoyed more than doing whatever we were doing in BDG. And I'm at the point where like I'm so busy and I'm like, I'm so I'm like so fulfilled by what we're doing inside that there's part of me that's like if we skipped a, a week of big content, like I'd be fine with it, mm. you know, or like multiple, like I was almost like, let me put it on the pause until I know exactly, you know, what, what we're doing going forward from a good standpoint. Cause we've taken breaks before, but it's always been like, Oh, there's too much shit going on. Like I need to figure this bad thing out or this bad thing right. out. Now at a point where like, I'm, I'm so fulfilled that I don't even know if I need like a secondary outlet or piece of expression for me right now. Um, so I would say like the biggest change for me over the last year has been like, I feel like I found my footing business wise where I was kind of just like flailing around and fucking splashing in the ocean for, you know, a year, a year and a half. I feel just very locked in and very, like very straightforward with where I want to be. And over the last six months, like I've, I've completely changed kind of how I'm operating. It's like, I'm, I'm in bed very early. I'm up very early. Mm -hmm. And there was a a large piece of me, probably in my twenties that would fight back on that. That'd be like, that's not who you are. That wasn't like your identity when you were your late teens, early 20s, college, right out of college kind of thing. And I'm like, I'm trying to align like who I really am with who I, where I want to be. And it's not an easy thing to do because you have a lot of like forces pulling you in different directions. And I think I'm on the precipice of like really accepting where I want to go and, and who I am and kind of cutting out the rest of the stuff that doesn't really serve me anymore. I think for me, it's this constant evolving. And I don't know why, but it felt like, our identities were never supposed to evolve. And obviously they would with time, but more so in periods. It's like who you were in college, who you are in the working world, who your career is, who you are in family. But I've noticed even in just like three-month spurts, like I'll completely change like what my values are, what my – and that I think, you know, is going to be funny looking back on content years and years from now of Mm -hmm. our takes and our opinions because, like I said, three months ago you made a comment that you were like, yeah, I could sell this thing. Today you're like, no, I would (laughs) never do anything like that, right? And I think that acceptance for me – like, I'm in a phase right now where, you know, I'm out in Fire Island the last couple of weekends, out again this weekend, and I'm like, I have zero interest in drinking. Like, not even, like, we go out to the bar, and I'm like, I could not want to be here any less. I want to have genuine talks, play cards, whatever it may be. And in two weeks, like, I'll be in Alabama for the Texas game, and maybe all I want to do is forget about the game, right? Yeah. And and I think it's just that acceptance of being able to evolve. So I think it will be funny looking it's back It's tough, on though, content. like, but when you're in those situations, you're like, oh, I don't want to be at the bar, but then there's, like, the handful of the 10 people you're with that are like, can't wait to be out here till like, 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah. There's there's part of you that feels like uh, those people just, like, won't really be in my life anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that that's kind of, like, the tug of war I have. And with that, this lifestyle. I think that's where I'm learning this acceptance, which is 
time and place for everyone. Yeah. Like, it's not that I want to remove my college friends. It's just certain times where I have no interest in being sure. with them. Yeah. And certain times where I'm like, you know what? This is actually exactly what I want to be doing. So I think that's that's just an interesting thought that I had. Um, you're 31 in the last 10 years, I assume. When did you start doing content? Um, and are you getting mad that I keep bringing up you're 31? No, not at all. Okay. Um, 24. 14, 2015, okay. maybe. All so right. I was so I'm, I'm calling it a decade, 21 to 31. I will say when you send over the sheet yeah. originally and you said, uh, it said on the top, I think it said like Nico Suave turns 30 or 31. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I didn't realize you were referring to me. And I was like, here's another fucking TikToker that I don't know who, <laughs> who it is. You know, you always bring, you're like, did you see what this guy did? I'm like, yeah, I don't know yeah, who yeah. that is. That's what I thought that was. <laughs> I was like, here we go. No, that's what, that's what I nicknamed you. Yeah. What's the best thing you've learned in 10 years of content? Oh my goodness. Um, I, I really just think intention always plays itself out like through the ups and downs that that would be like my biggest takeaway it's been the it wasn't anything that I needed to learn but it was more of just a confirmation playing through good times and bad times like I've always just kind of stuck the path of I'm saying what I need to say because it's just what I feel yeah. you know and it feels like what I need to get out and through good and bad like that plays itself out over the long term like you might be going through bad shit but if you're relatively a good person and you continue to show up that way people are going to remember what you do over the long run like mm -hmm. they're not going to like things will happen where you're hated for something right and then if you just keep showing up as the person that you want to be every single day for six months or a year what are they going to remember you as the thing that you should offer 364 out of 365 times or the one time you know right. what i mean like right. over and, and it might it might take it might take more than a year it might take two months for people to you know, get past whatever sure. it is going on. So I think just showing up with, with intention goes a long way, but obviously over the consistency of 10 years, like you build a foundation by doing that, by showing up every single day. Yeah. The famous sports analogy, like father times undefeated, right? It retires all the greats time in content is undefeated. Like you've been doing this for a decade. And to your point, you've had some blips, especially over the last couple of years, stuff that I'm sure you would write down as like things that didn't go well, mm -hmm. but very small in comparison to 10 years of content. That sure. Those, those will be the things I look back on and like, okay, those were, you know, the downs for us. Yeah. But like the reason I'm able to reach a new height now is because of those downs. And yeah. I just kept showing up after those yeah. things happened. To, and you had to no bad I intentions. I think exactly. it's so important. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the bad will be exposed. Yes, there will be those scammers who are selling you eBooks. By the way, buy our eBook, link in bio. <laughs> um, and, and those people, they may cash out. They may have a time. But they won't make it long term. Right. There's no chance they're going to take all that money they made. They're going to buy a Lamborghini. And there know, are people. You know, if if what people said was true, at any time I've gone through some bad shit, and what people write about it, or what yeah. people say about it, if those bad things were true, I would never still be able to show up here yeah. again. You know, but because they're not true, I keep showing up as the opposite of what they're saying every For day. Sure. You eventually get past it. And you've been doing YouTube. Is that the first platform you say you created on blogging? No, I, I was. Writing? I, I definitely blogged yeah. for probably like a year okay. or so. Okay. Um, but, I want to say right, my first but, YouTube. Video was probably like 2014. I probably blogged 2012, okay. so, 2013. So eight, nine years of YouTube. Something that I've actually found extremely interesting, and we'll also segue into our next topic, is I was listening to Marquise Brownlee, who was on uh, Colin and Smear. I was listening to um, – who else was on? I was listening to just some other content. And what I found most notable was that any YouTuber or YouTube-centric business, their confidence level on that platform surviving is – 
It, there is no question in the world. Meanwhile, you have other platforms, Snap for me. Obviously, Twitter has been the, the major one. Instagram's a huge platform. T- TikTok's a huge one. There, there's 100% questions on monetization long-term, on algorithm, on all this stuff. But I just found it very interesting that YouTube is the platform that any YouTuber is like, yeah, this will be around forever. 100%. What, what are your thoughts? I never, yeah, I never question the long-term um impact of of youtube on our business the other things i do like okay we're making money off tiktok now i'm i'm almost like not projecting it into our future plan because yeah, yeah, yeah. in a year or two years it might not be there but youtube's always like okay that will be our biggest marketing yeah. platform that will be the way i communicate with everybody we will have ups and downs view wise throughout the season but it'll always come back to youtube it's, it's, it's always youtube so do, do you think that podcast what do you think is the next closest do you think it's written? Do you think it's podcast? Probably podcast. Yeah. yeah. I would say in some instances, podcasts are definitely above YouTube, but podcast feels like there are people who listen to podcasts and there are people who just don't. Right. But like, I, I think for the most part, everyone uses YouTube in one way or it's another. a search engine that that is what they were talking about a mm-hmm. lot of, which is like, it's the second biggest search engine in the world. Facebook has offered Marquise, uh, you know, millions of dollars to post his content on Facebook. And he's like, yeah, the viewership is great. I'm sure they can send it to a lot of people. But if someone wants to look up a tech product, like they're going to go to YouTube. It right. is now ingrained. In everyone society. uses YouTube in a different way. Some people view it view it to to listen to fantasy football content some people like watching vlogs some people want to learn how to do things with podcasts like you could build just a genuine of connection with a podcaster for sure as a youtuber however you don't have a lot of like the inbound other external things that youtubers get the luxury of having we're like if i'm I'm trying to solve a problem i'm not going to the apple podcast app and be like how to do this right i want like visual instruction or at the at the least like written with pictures or something in there. So I think that they're kind of out of a disadvantage, mm-hmm. but in terms of like their width isn't as wide, but I think their depth can be close to what YouTube yeah. is for sure. It's why I thought TikTok, and we talked about this a while ago, was potentially the biggest threat to YouTube because they were they were becoming a search engine of sorts. I don't think the content has fully gotten there, but I do know like just from talking to fans, like they'll go to TikTok for their news. Uh, most of it is just they get it through scrolling, like as opposed to I would go to Twitter and search something. YouTube, I would go to see how to do something. I but- will too. It, it's like, it is definitely like real time stuff. Mm-hmm. Like if... If I'm looking for something to do in New York, I'm just like, you know, fucking fun brunch spots in New York. Like, I can yeah. do that on Google, but, like, no, it's all going to be from, like, 100. Time Out New York shit from, like, two years ago. I'm like, that's yeah. not, you know what I mean? Like, I, I will for, like, yeah. more pop culture type of stuff. Like, yeah. I, I do think TikTok definitely has a time and place for that. Yeah, and, and they're obviously trying to attack that long-form content. I do wonder, and I guess it was... Did Quibi, do you remember Quibi? They launched during the pandemic. Kind of, yeah. Did they do completely vertical content? My thought process is, is there a world where you create... 20-minute YouTube videos, but really 20-minute TikTok videos, but instead of just posting them as, you know, horizontal, you're actually posted vertically. Do people want to engage 20 minutes of of vertical? I think your guys' trivia is a good example of, like, they'll engage, what, four or five minutes of it, but you wouldn't stretch. Would you ever post the YouTube fully vertical? Probably not. No, we've done stuff like that. We will have, like, trivias that will go up for, like, eight or nine minutes, and and people will definitely watch it, but... uh, it's it's definitely tough, and I do wonder if that is it. Like, I think we're so programmed to, you know, movies, TV. Like, even yes. YouTube, you could put up on the TV, but you can't really do that no. with TikTok in a way that's native to watching yeah, it. There's it no comfortable sense. way to watch it with, like, multiple people where everybody can, like... Yeah. Um, I will say, I mean, look, streaming has now moved people to phones. I was with Marlon, and it just blew my mind. He was like, I don't watch TV. I watch everything on my phone, even live television. That's he wild. Just, he'll sit on the couch with his TV there and watch on his phone. Do you now, do that? 
No. Okay. No. I, I, this is second light. screen to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. But, hey, maybe. I mean, there's obviously people out there. You you start on the laptop. Then you get down to the phone. But well, it's weird because different user behaviors. I don't know. I, th- I think about, like, Apple products and how, okay, when, like, cell phones first, when phones first came out, they were yeah. huge and clunky. And then it became cool to make them as small as fucking possible, right? right? Like, everyone wanted phones that were this big. <laughs> yeah. And then Apple, the iPhone, started getting, like, a little bit bigger, a yeah, little yeah, bit yeah. bigger, a little bit bigger. And they're doing that same thing with their laptops now, where it was like we had our 13-inch Pro. Yeah. Then they introduced the 14, the 15, yeah. and the 16. And the bigger the screen gets, the more I fucking love it. Oh, yeah. And eventually, it's going to be the size you, of you this fucking... TV. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have a TV. And it all, like, yeah, it just, uh, it, it's just very odd, the human yeah. behavior behind, like, the things they think they want until they realize, like, you... you I don't know. I think about the iPhone too. Like the iPhone is the most popular product of all time, yeah. right? And what is it, it, what is the biggest? Okay, if a, if a phone tries to break in right now to just like the phone industry, what? It, how do they do it? I almost think the camera, like the camera, is like the key feature. Of I feel the like phone that's what Google days. really really hits on. And for me, even someone who films live content where the camera is quite literally like the gold. Like, mine, how can you rethink the phone though? That that wouldn't do it for me. Like in order to top apple like the most used feature on our phone has to be the camera just in general and i think like it's probably speed that 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 feels like not not service i'm telling you the speed of the phone there when i get a new phone that is when i am most engaged in my phone because it is so it is moving and you feel like you are moving and then you know it's almost like when you get an update too on the phone for the first like 10 seconds i'm like it was sick yeah and then it dies down but if someone kept that speed that made you feel like you were because it makes you feel honestly more productive it makes you feel more efficient so noah my friend noah banks um he does tech videos so he's been reviewing a lot of new phones that are non-apple phones and he had one that was the the fold over mm-hmm. so you have two screens yeah, yeah, yeah. which was re- actually really cool and then he had one that i don't know if you've seen the commercial for it where it actually like flips in half okay. so it, so yeah, it becomes yeah, yeah. half the size so of are it. they both google phones or they're android Probably well, maybe one Google, one Android. Yeah. I, I don't really remember. Yeah. The one that was like flipped over was really cool because I thought it gave you multiple screens now. You have yeah. more screen time. The other one, I didn't like at all. He seems to like it. It's like very miniature. He was like, the bigger screen one makes me want to consume content. Mm-hmm. The other one makes me want to get off of the phone. And I was like, okay, there's that, there's a give and take there. Like yeah. I would actually like to kind of like carry around a flip phone for like a week and just see how it makes me feel not wanting to be on it. But I, I wonder, like there's eventually going to come a time where the phone market gets penetrated in some way and it's going to yeah. be it's going to come from thinking about like do you think someone will well i guess the, the question is like does someone penetrate the phone market before phones themselves just evolve just before phones kind of die out yeah in a sense it, oh, like wow. like if everyone's using head if everyone's using like vr headsets yeah. as like the way they communicate like yeah. that would be another alternative path yeah. for phones to be a dead thing i guess the last question is is there an incentive for them is there an in- incentive for apple to essentially evolve the phone you know what I mean? Like to improve it. Because what do they actually gain So from the that? VR headset I could see being their, like how Gary Vio says, put yourself out of business. Right. The VR headset I yeah. think is fucking awesome. Yeah. It is like one of the coolest things I've seen. I can't wait to get one. And that will be a thing where like people at first like, this is too big. And then they'll figure out a way like they did with phones it's to minimize small. it, minimize, minimize it. And then they're like, wait, actually, you know what I mean? They'll find <laughs> yeah, the middle yeah. ground eventually. Yeah. I could see that product. It is a little crazy. Like, I don't know if everyone wants to wear headphones, but like we say this with every piece of technology. People We're don't want to do this. They yeah. don't want to do this, whatever. And then they do it because yeah. it's convenient for their life. I. It, the one, the biggest threat, I think, to, like, phones in general would probably be the VR headsets. Yeah. That, that's how I see it. Because you see, like, FaceTime pops up, calls. You could do all your work from it. It's just a bigger screen of a phone that you don't actually have to carry around a bigger screen yeah. for. I did see myself feeling uh, screen fatigue yesterday. And that's what I wonder is 
what is the version of something that we're not constantly looking at a screen. I don't think the human body is quite adapted to be built that way. No. That's another thing where, yeah, maybe maybe people actually want to be on their phone less and they're viewing on a screen from far away. Because, like, this is bright, and it's in your face. The TV, <sighs> you're still looking at a screen, but it, it is further. It's so hard. Okay, if you asked 100 random people in New York right now, yeah. straight up, would you rather be on your phone more or less? Yeah. You think anyone says more? No. Okay. But, like, no one's actions actually dictate that. Of course. So there has to be, they're either just lying to themselves or there's, like, a, an extremely yeah. strong addictive nature to the phones that, like, we're going to end up paying for probably in, like, yeah. 30, 40 years, you yeah. know? Yeah, So that, that, that stuff is, like, stuff we can't, it, it's unfortunate because we're not going to know until we're probably, right. you know, fucking old and in our rocking chairs. But. <laughs> On episode 9,000 of Big yeah. Content. <laughs> yeah. uh, the segue I was going to make is, you know, YouTube feels stable, Twitter we joked about threads being dead. I mean, that's not a joke. That's quite literally <laughs> the truth. But I've noticed, and me personally, which is why I want to gauge you, to me, I was in love with the For You page. It felt like it really nailed. And now it feels like my Twitter reach is lower. It feels like I'm not seeing any content that I really, really want to see. It feels like we've now moved into like this thought leader, expert phase of life. The, the stuff from 18 hours ago, I don't know why, just isn't the stuff I really want to be seeing. Now, I will, I will caveat that by saying once NFL season begins, which is in you know, a few days now, I'll likely be back on the following tab where I'll, I'll want to be in the constant conversation around the game, which isn't what for you allows for. I don't know. What's your, what's your Twitter experience? Have you noticed anything? I, uh, to be honest with you, I haven't really like been on social much, like just consuming random yeah. stuff. Like I'm almost never on TikTok anymore. Yeah. I don't go to, I don't go on Twitter often. What I, what I think for like the for you page is actually, for you page is actually like what I kind of want my following page to be, where yeah. it actually shows the people that I want to see, but for some reason I don't see them on my fucking following. Now page. they're not. Now I'm not seeing those people on for you. For you now feels mm. fully TikTok for you page, where I see the people I'm following like one in every twenty posts, and that's not what I want to be saying. Yeah, like uh, the the my for you is now like the BDG guys, like okay. you, Pete, yeah. Brett, like the people that I actually want to consume what yeah, the fuck yeah, they're yeah. doing, but I feel like I never see them on Correct. the following page. Um, because they're not that, I mean, we're not tweeting that often. I think that's the point of it. Yeah, probably. I, I, I don't know. I haven't really noticed much of a difference, but again, it, it's these algorithms that just, they show you, I guess, what you want, but it's not, it's not what well, you want. Well, that's what I'm curious about because Twitter, until Elon made this change, was really focused on timely and, and news and, and being in the moment. And now they're seemingly falling into the for you trap, or I don't know if it's a trap, but it's, it is a very particular decision that they're making. And I'm curious if that's the right platform for it. Uh, I, I, I kind of like it, to be honest. Okay. I don't know how, how good the algorithm actually is, but I do like the idea of like, because I remember a couple of years ago when I started following, I was following like, it was all like fantasy football people for the most part. It's like a couple friends. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh my God, I'd like a, uh, it felt like I was like underneath the ocean. I'd like yeah. a, f a, f a breath of fucking fresh air every <laughs> once in a while. This yeah. gives me the opportunity to be like, let me see other people. Let me see something else people are talking about. And I, I and I do find myself hitting like the not interested in this, not yeah. interested in this okay. kind of thing. And I feel like it kind of tweaks it yeah. well. Is there advice you'd give to content creators that they could 
curate their Twitter content because Twitter was always the hardest platform to grow because quite literally there wasn't a discover kind of source. It was, yes, you could get retweeted if you put it out. And then when threads really picked up, not threads, the app, you started to put out Twitter threads, people would retweet it and that was how a ton of people grow. Now it feels like you can actually grow pretty organically if you come in with a Twitter strategy. That's kind of my fear is I didn't, I don't love Twitter for just being like a, thought leader twitter thread type um it long form content's being pushed more but for the for the creator what would you suggest do you see it as an opportunity or you still think too hard i mean i think so i I think like every platform like the the best of the best the you know the creme de la creme can make anything into a business opportunity and you see it with the people that are hitting on the threads and stuff but i personally don't feel like i have a lot of great advice for this just because i I don't really use twitter from a business standpoint like sure we'll promote shit every once in a while but like I'm more of just like getting on there and seeing what people are up to, mm-hmm. sometimes breaking news, sometimes, it, you know, <laughs> it just is what it is. It just is yeah. what it is. I actually didn't even mean that from me, like Nikki Leaks breaking news. <laughs> I, I just meant like breaking news, like analysis. Yeah, yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I got you. I almost, almost broke something yesterday. That would yeah? Be, that would have been bad for the brand, yeah. Why? It just wasn't solidified enough and didn't, I'm telling it didn't you, pull true. I'm telling you. It, the misses. No one cares about the misses. They remember the hits. You do. do. You get I enough do. right. I remember the misses of other people. You're trying to be a hundred percent guy. I'm just trying to shoot like eighty percent from the field. Because yeah, because then people know when I fucking say something. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Are I'm you over. one for one? Or are you just one for one? Trying to think if I have any Ravens news for you that uh, I could give you. Problem is, they, so I had so I had something scoop on on Jonathan Taylor yesterday, yeah. and uh, I was telling them in the office, and they're like, Jack gave it to you, and I'm like. Why? Why wouldn't Jack keep it for himself if he was going to break it? <laughs> what was it? Can't that reveal was, it. Well, it passed. Well, it didn't pass. Oh. I can't break it. The person told me that I couldn't talk about it. Oh, okay. That's why. Yeah. That is part of I'll the I'll just news say the JT News is not dead yet. Yeah. Okay. All right. Punchline. Punchline launches Let's on YouTube. It. Punchline with Marlon Humphrey, our new podcast, in case you missed it. YouTube did 17,000 views first episode. And... Talk about just feeling revitalized because our YouTube strategy for Snapback Sports has definitely left us, I would use, for lack of a better term, depressed because we feel like we're putting in good content. We know that there's a ton of stuff. But I think this is the first time where we're seeing, genuinely seeing, if you put out the right content on YouTube then and, and you create the right product, the YouTube algorithm will find the audience for you. And I think that was just refreshing to see. So that's kind of my first thought. I mean, from what you've seen, what what are your thoughts? You put on the notes. What did you write on the notes? I wrote 17,000 views. on. That's the long-form yeah. episode, Clips Not Performing, which I'll talk about, and then press strategy and getting picked up. Okay, I, I thought for the most part, like, the energy you had when you wrote that was like, it's, it, you didn't think it was going well. No, no, it went really well. Okay, 17K I, views. It I was going to say, was insane. from everything that I've felt and seen just as a consumer that just, like, passively uses social, yeah. I feel like it's going phenomenal. Phenomenal, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the amount of work that you guys have, in a very small amount of time. Hundred like percent. Yeah, I, we, I, had, we had we had eight hundred subs when we launched it, right? So hundred percent to get seventeen thousand views. And so today, which is so we're recording this on August thirtieth, which is a Wednesday. Um, this is episode two launch today, and episode two is off to a hotter start than one. We go. were we were curious, like, okay, did we hit first episode? This is just that of, like announcement right. type of thing. Yeah. Had, but we but we only have fifteen hundred subs now going into this one. So how do we get back to seventeen k views? The start has been great. We'll see how it tracks throughout. Um, but yes, it, I, no, I, it's I going to. I, well. I wanted to add. 
this is because Marlon asked me, I was filling him in on how it went. And he said, what's the best performing metric and what's the worst performing metric? And I said to him, the best one is 17,000 views on YouTube is phenomenal. Like what we compare that to Trey Young's first podcast, like 4,000 views in, in its first week. Um, I don't have the numbers from the other athlete pods, but like that was one that we were super, I mean, Josh uh, Norris and Colt McCoy's 22,000 views. They're just coming from an audience of 60,000 YouTube subs. So felt really good about that. The bad metrics were we had like our first five or six tiktok clips really take off and then for some reason they're like not hitting as as much as the long form I'm telling you hitting. that that whole thing with like people saying back in the day like tiktok really pushes the first few to get yeah. you excited yeah so it's every one of the interns ones like first tiktoks they did went yeah. for like 100k yeah and it gets you riled up chasing that i think that's such a real and wild marketing tactic for them to get creators on the platform it's so smart but marquise brownlee actually talked exactly about this on on the colin and samir show he said my first tiktok did like 33 million views and then i was like am i just going to be chasing this feeling and then the next ones get like five thousand or something crazy like that so yeah i i totally know like i'm i'm not sweating it that was just the the note was like wow this did really really well in long form and the clips aren't doing as well as they did at the start but it's just gonna but take that's time. just how it is on these short forms now. Like some of them are going to hit, some of them are going to yeah. miss. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, overall, what it looks like from a consumer standpoint is like it feels extremely well run. It yeah. feels like you guys have a whole company basically behind you. And I, you guys are a team, a small team. <laughs> yeah. But if you told me like Barstool produced this for yeah. you and they had like three producers and their team working on it, yeah. I'd be like, OK, so yeah, looks yeah. right. Sounds if, right. And and. Even though you're much, you're the closest to it, right? So you do know all the different things that we are putting into it. But I do feel like from the outside looking in, it gives that feel as well. And even though people aren't thinking about it because they don't do content subconsciously, that 100% plays into it. Goes it. Along. From the if set you had shitty camera, lighting. if you had like oh, all that stuff, yeah. people would be like, what is this? Yeah. But you guys, I don't, I feel like you haven't missed a beat yeah. with it. Like, I know the amount of prep that went into it yeah. for you, and I'm like, I'm like really happy. Yeah. You know, nothing is like fucked up the show for you guys, and just the clips in general. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, I think you guys are doing phenomenal, and just yeah. you know, going forward with it. I'll say with Marlon, you're gonna have to. He, he's a, he's like a wild personality and yeah. very out there. You're gonna have to really like peel the layers off of him. Yeah. And make sure that he's giving you the, the juice. You yeah. know what I mean? He is. Like the news and stuff. Yeah. Like the breaking oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, Because I, I could see how he was pulling back on, like, the injuries. Like, well, I can't so, say nothing because I'm in trouble. You know, that kind right, of shit. So, so that one was interesting. And this is all stuff that, like, we're just learning. Yeah. He's been unfiltered. Like, that is his thing. The episode today is just him ripping on Trump and Russell Wilson beef. Okay. And, like, like, he gets into it. Ooh, okay. The, yeah, the injury stuff I learned was he legally. It's actually a contract okay. thing. And so we got... A couple of those things we had to, like, cut, right? And so it looks like I'm pushing him and he's not giving it. Mm. But a lot of that stuff is just, like, he... That's what I figured. And that's the tough part because yeah. it's, like, your, your thing is, like, we want to be the most yes. unfiltered. Then yes. it's, like, ah. there There are definitely certain things that we can't do because at the end of the day, no matter what... His $90 million contract <laughs> is not going to allow him gotta to pay up. You got to pay um, more. But even I think that is interesting. And it would be interesting to me to talk about that on the show with him about certain things we can't speak on. Because I yeah. think that that even gives context to people. And like, look, we'll let you know when he's coming back. But the Ravens cannot. The Ravens have to do the injury report 
and it is it is literally a competitive advantage that they secure in his contract. So it's just it's just very interesting. Nah, I, I thought that was an interesting part too when yeah. he's talking about like the Steelers injury report. He's like Big yeah. Ben would be on it. Oh, he's, look, he's fine. And then the the week we play the Ravens, <laughs> um, he's on the injury report. And we yeah. knew the big fellow was going to like yeah. shit like that is really cool because you don't yeah. hear that from anyone else. Yeah. No, he's he's been a star, and he's also getting into it, which has been the biggest thing, right? Yeah. So the, to start, it's like, hey, will you post this? Hey, will you do this? Now, unprompted, you know, we got up to 103 on the charts. I said something to him. He's like, fuck that. Like, I'm not that, that's what I'm 103. Saying. And, like, and you could see, like, when, uh, when Roan and Pat Bev started theirs, like, their chemistry, I was like, I don't know how this is going to yeah. work out. Like, I know Roan's a beast, so, like, he'll probably make it work in yeah. some capacity. Now, it's, it's Roan's flawless. a stud. Yeah. It's it's the buy-in from Pat Beth, and that's what it is. And I think that was my biggest worry was the injury. Is like he was into it in the off season, and I think we wanted to carry that momentum about his excitement for the season. But then you're injured, so you don't want to talk about like you know silly shit, right? Because you can't play, yeah. you know. But he is he's found a way. He understands, you know, it's only going to be a few weeks, whatever it may be. And Well, it's and probably the, just a cool opportunity as well. Like, if you think about it from an optimistic standpoint, like, understanding the player mindset yeah. when they're going through an injury. Like, we as fantasy people are like, oh, man, this is going to linger all year. Like, did they did they know now that they're playing at, like, 75% yeah, probably yeah. the entire rest of the year? Yeah. And, you know, what does that mean for next? Like, all, the, all those kind of things are just unsaid parts of the NFL game that we really know nothing about. And I think, you know, we talked about, you presented to me, you were like, you want to be the first or the best, right? The creator side. And, and I'll say one of my most proud parts of through two episodes is I think there's only been one or two comments, which are like, who's this random white guy? Mm-hmm. And most of them have been like, there's actually a good rapport with him and we're finding like our vibe in it. And I think that's important, but what's the angle, right? And I said to you, I didn't want to be the creator, you know, athlete podcast. Cause I, I don't think being first is necessarily that important. And then I think of the Kelsey pod because in season they're giving us a lot of really good content, but I really am just hammering this unfiltered side. And of course, like we said, some stuff we we won't be able to touch on, but for the most part, I'm going to just continue to push him and we're going to be as open and honest as we can. No, so. I, th- I think it's off to a roaring start. And I, I think yeah. it's I, the way I'm looking at it is, it's probably the way that you felt about like trivia when we first started. Yeah. That's kind of how I'm looking yeah. at this podcast. So there, there's been no glimpses or like wavering where I'm like, eh, I don't know yeah. about that stuff. Yeah. I'm like, this is, this is done well. Well, there's, there could be an exchange of equity trivia for, uh, <laughs> for punchline. Okay. The, the one thing that are I you guys think- like a, operating as a business? What? Did you like set up Punchline no, Pod as like no, an LLC or anything? No, it's just within Snap Exports. So okay. with Marlon, he's talent, you know, within the brand, and then he's got rev share on certain things specific to Punchline. We've categorized it internally, but it's all just still okay. under one umbrella. Maybe we should separate in case he says something crazy and we, we end up in a <laughs> lawsuit. Uh, the one thing that, that I think we touched on last week, I don't fully recall is this intentional strategy with pickups right one of the major things that i know that gives that sense of all put together it's going really well is you're now seeing it on other platforms not curated by us right when it comes from us the best moments best clips right it's like okay sure that's great but when dav Kleiman posts and it gets two million views and it feels like it's naturally being picked up that stuff is 100 percent not organic, and I know that mo- that might mm. surprise people, but I am DMing Dav content that I think is going to be good for him. I am DMing uh, all the Ravens personalities on Twitter, fan accounts, personalities, influencers, whatever content that I think fits their brand. Like 
every single episode we are going forward and we have highlighted six clips, but not only the six clips we're going to create, but the six moments that we want those people to be aware of. Then I'm cutting them, dropping them in Dropbox for them and sending it out to them. And we talked about, I know last time, like if we did have a joking breaking news that made sense for you, like, Mm -hmm. or a fantasy thing, we would seed you with that content. You need to attack it that way. And then from there, it does get picked up organically. And now we've got six articles about us. The Ravens picked it up and used his injury update like on their homepage. I was going to say, because I'll see random things around social and be like, via punchline right. pod, I'm like, let's yeah. get a little fist yeah. bump. But that go. stuff, most people <laughs> just assume that, like Dav, Kleiman, or, or Schefter, or whoever picks something up, they're not listening to an hour of every athlete podcast, yeah. all this. You, t- you need to send it to them, and you need to know what content they like to post, what performs for them. You got to do their job for them. What that's done for us, though, is as dumb wonders. So it's something to think about. If you have an angle, if you have an interesting piece of content, it essentially has to be like, would this person pick this up organically or naturally to where no one would question it, right? And I think that's what we're doing, and that has really helped us a ton. And I just think, you know, maybe it doesn't apply to the smaller creator as much right now. I think it could. But like, it could. I, I, I was I, I think about like Noah who did content for us for a while. He he started to make like his own metrics and stuff that he used that nobody in the fantasy space yeah. was using. And I would consume his stuff and be like, oh, it just does feel kind of like predictive. Like some of the stuff he's saying, like no other person would even think about touching these three or four players and then they all hit. I'm yeah. like, okay, you have something here that like no one else is looking at. I've had people send me like Excel sheets or Google sheets and be like, here's a stat that like I found yeah. that I feel to be predictive that no one else is using. And I'll kind of like keep that on the back burner and like monitor it mm-hmm. and be like, okay, there is a little bit of an advantage here. And if I find it to be useful, like I will relate to that yeah. to the audience and then maybe start working with that person on a, on a, um, a higher capacity. So yeah. it's like, if you want to break through, it's like the skill level obviously has to be there yeah. or the uh, audience that you have has to be there. Something like that. You have to offer a value prop, but if you could find something that would be useful to my audience, you yeah. giving it to other people, their audience, things like that is, you know, really like reverse engineering what works yeah. for that person. No, I, I think the fantasy space is a good example of it and a good way to do it. So yeah, just wanted to, to share that stuff. We'll keep you guys updated on, on all of that. Uh, the last thing um, is that I did an interview with the information they post about tech and VC. With that blonde girl? Um, Kara. Yeah. You know her? I don't know her, but how, how did you get that interview? Through uh, Harrison. Okay. Like, he just shot her around, and, and we talked to her. That's what I did, too. Yeah. And then she just never hit me back. Okay. <laughs> I mean, she she also didn't use some of, okay. um, so, like, we sent her talent that we did, whatever. Okay. And then I talked to her for 30 minutes. She used one sentence that, you know, Alex was like, dude, why'd she use that? Like, it made you look bad. I'm like, no, you're not understanding what I'm <laughs> saying. Um, but the point is, she's writing an article about the creator economy and, and and I guess investors who are pulling money and creator economy startups that are failing, tools that are failing in the creator economy. And she was just trying to get a pulse on the creator economy, essentially, from a super high level. The only reason I bring this up today is because while the agreement is that, and the statement I made was like, no, the creator economy is not dying. The people who invested in those companies, they just invest in bad business. And they're mad that like they made a bad investment. And, you know, they're taking it out on the creator. Every other metric shows the creator economy is going in, you know, a positive direction. But I will say, there's no doubt in my mind that the creator economy has taken a hit 
like the rest of the market, you know, and it is tougher out there. And the fact that a story is being written about it does show that there's, you know, there's issues. But I think any issues within an industry probably mean it's a real legit industry. So we always do check-ins, but what is your feeling? And all right, if she had spoken to you about the creator economy, what what do you think you would have shared? I think I think like any industry that becomes popular, it everything seems like it's going to work forever. Right. And then it stops and then the creators or the people in an industry that are worthwhile or doing cool, innovative things or have a great product or have great content, whatever it is, are the ones that are going to stay afloat. Like not everybody deserves to be alive in an industry, regardless of what it is, if your quality is not up to par. So like content itself is so new, right? And that's why I was thinking about, we had a conversation a bunch of weeks ago uh, on one of these episodes where it's like, okay, having 100,000 on TikTok is not a big deal anymore, but it's still like, some, it's like you're just a, a very mid-level creator. Like having having a certain threshold for middle-level creators who are not making money yet mm-hmm. is like still a level. We haven't narrowed down like the creator economy at all yet. We're still very top level. Like you're either viral, you're either making a business yeah. out of it, or you're like an influencer. Yeah. There's only like three or four categories, which is just so not the way it works anymore. There, it needs to be, I think, more clearly defined into like 20, 25, 30 different like almost little niches or industries or whatever it is. And I, I don't know the right terminology for it, but like, of course, not everybody's going to be able to make it as a, an individual creator. Like, it's not an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. You need luck. You need skill. You need perseverance. You need hard work. So to say the creator economy is dead is no, but the bad creators, yeah, sure, they're dead. Yeah. That was only a matter of time. Yeah, that's you know like I mean? anything in the world. Exactly. Like the bad talent is not going to perform. Yeah. It is interesting you say that because I'm out in Fire Island and I love going out there because no one knows, like, <laughs> it, you know, no one knows about me out there, right? The people I interact with, like, I just play basketball with them and they have no clue. Because of, you know, Hallie started an Instagram for this basketball tournament and then I'm posting about it. So now people are starting to see. And now the conversation is like, oh, like, what do you do? Who are you? I don't even know what to say because mm-hmm. there isn't this defined, like... Your identity is not there. Yeah. Yeah. It, no, just my identity. I'm not... I just don't think I'm a creator. Like, I don't think I'm an influencer. But then they see I have 120,000 Instagram followers and a blue check, and they just assume, like, oh, you're an influencer, right? But it's because this industry isn't very reformed, whereas if you go into any corporate setting, it's like, yeah, marketing team, marketing manager, marketing coordinator, marketing whatever. So you like, just say I'm in sports media, like I cover sports media. No, 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 yeah, I, yeah that, that's you how handled I it. You but handled people, it. Pe- right, <laughs> I have learned how to handle it. But people just, they... They have no, they don't know because we are still so early in this. It's because everyone like tries to fake being a certain thing. And yeah. like that's, we're seeing it kind of wipe itself out now yeah. in, in, a, in a certain sense. I yeah, guess, I guess but. because most, it, let's say you did have 120,000 Instagram followers. Like the typical, I would say I'm the atypical person who has that. They probably could be bucketed fairly easy. Oh, you're a fashion influencer. Yeah. Like it actually, it seems pretty easy. So For the most part, yeah, I, I think we'll just I'm not c- sports continue to see it like chop up yeah. more and more. I don't know. Do you think you're a creator still? Okay. Yeah. What makes you a creator? All I want to do is wake up and create shit. Do you think that, but you're not, how often are you posting to your own stuff? Very, right. very rare. That That's why I'm giving you the pushback and, and actually thinking through, like you can call yourself a creator. I don't really care. Do whatever If, if BDG you want. was shut but, down, I would just start posting my personal stuff every day. Right. Yeah. I'm just, I have a priority for things. Okay. So you're a creator for BDG. Mm-hmm. You also happen to run the run the show. That's that's probably the yeah. way I look at it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like if 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 tomorrow I came in, 
we had a president of BDG and they're <laughs> like, you're no longer creating, you're doing operations. I'll be like, I'm quitting. <laughs> right. That'd be the first thing yeah, I would say. Like straight up. I would yeah. leave and I'd start making content yeah, on my yeah. own. Okay. Yeah, because I've been thinking about doing like just YouTube vlogs on my own personal. Not that I need, you know, another thing to go on here, but I've never thought of myself as like a documenter like you do. But I could see, you know, I'm starting to think longer term, the benefits of it. Yeah. Um, and it's not like I'm, I don't think I, I don't do it because I think I'm like good. It's just, yeah. it's just like what you do. It's the way I want to do it. Yeah. It's like an artist, I guess. Sure. Yeah. If I draw on something, I could call myself an artist. Doesn't mean I'm very good. Okay. Buy my NFT art <laughs> <laughs> on Nick Shopify, where you can find, you can find uh, the blog post we originally post. referenced. I will be, the last thing on the list was football is back. I'm going to be in Kansas City next week. So Thursday? Uh, yeah. Uh, on Well, Tuesday through Thursday is the okay. issue. So we will figure like said, out maybe, what we can. Maybe we take a, a break because I can. I know, Because right? I'd be okay with I, it. I, I, can we talk about that real quick? A little therapy session. Sure. It felt like you were like over the pod for a minute there. What? It what, wasn't. I, I. Can you elaborate on that? It was just. I, I'm so. We're so fucking busy this time of the year. Yeah. But it's not like an overwhelming or anxious busy. Yeah. It's like a. I can't wait to like get into it. Yeah. And because I'm so hyper focused on it. Yeah. This is a different speed for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's almost like a speed that I don't. I don't know if I need to slow. It's like me hitting the brakes a little bit, yeah, yeah. which is weird because it's, an, you know, it's an hour a week, but sometimes, you know, we'll find myself like being like Monday morning. Oh, fuck. I didn't make the thumbnail for it. I'm in yeah. the middle of like doing this other video yeah, for yeah. BDG already. So it's kind of those things. And I'm, I'm, I've always thought of myself as someone now at this point that's okay being like, I don't necessarily need it right now. Mm -hmm. I don't want to force things right now. And this wasn't like I want to stop doing the pot at all. It was yeah. just like the end of August, early September is just a wild <laughs> yeah, time yeah. for us where I'm like, okay, I don't need to force anything that doesn't fit exactly how I feel or need right now, you know? Okay. And I mean, fitting in 40 fucking minutes into the middle of a Wednesday is fine. Yeah. I don't think it's that. I do think it's, it's, it's that balance of consistency versus not. Mm -hmm. um, and, and do we think if we're going to, you know, skip four episodes this year, is it a big deal? No, but being consistent for, for our people out there. No, no, I, I, I get what you're saying. It, it wasn't anything that I like actively wanted to do or anything, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it was just like, I tried not to judge myself and be like, okay, this week I'm just like so busy. Yeah, I, can't, yeah. I can't do the app. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like get over it and push forward. And because yeah. I've always, I, this was always the secondary just piece of me. This wasn't, mm -hmm. and of course we try to put organization behind it and like promote it and put it out there mm -hmm. and like grow it. But if we did none of those things, like I would still have a good time just sitting here for an hour yeah, with yeah, you once yeah. a week, just like chopping it up like this. Yeah. We've, I think we've agreed. We've, both enjoy the slow growth. Yeah. Like, we don't mind that at all. But we'll, we'll continue being consistent. All right. Well, good luck to everyone. Football season is here. We're about to get working. Are you sweating? I mean, the fan oh, yeah. works for me. Yeah, yeah it's not hitting me. It's, it's, it's hitting you, not oh, me. Oh, my That's God. Why. You got to be sweating. All right. <laughs> Till next time. Oh, share with. Oh, did anyone share with their grandmother? Oh, uh, I didn't get any, any videos, though. Damn. Got nothing. That's brutal. Now we're dialed in. We swapped out the lights. Is that a good decision? My friend Noah said to do it, and I trust him with my fucking life. Um, he said this is better than the one we had. And the one, the big-ass one I had was better for... Who's your boy? Um, oh, maybe the AC people. Let's go! I told him I'm not paying rent to it. <laughs> hey, Tommy, 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 Tommy. Yeah, broke again last week. And they're like, yeah, we'll get someone in to fix it in a couple of days or whatever. I'm like, I'm not paying rent until you fix it. Yeah. I threatened him with lawyers. It's just, it's Did you? I've been I've done that like ten times already. Yeah, I feel like they don't really. They don't give a fuck. Yeah.
The problem is, I think, when you can you just not? It's not that you threaten them not to pay. Shouldn't you just threaten them? I'm only paying for the months when or for the days that like I would prorate it myself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Can problem the problem with like the contracts I think commercially yeah. is that they probably have something in there that says as long as the landlord um, as long as the landlord deems it reasonable in the office or whatever. But yeah. I've had a thermostat in here and it's over eight. It ain't degrees, reasonable. No, no, yeah. you can't work in here. No, no, no. It makes me so fucking tired by the end of the yeah. day. It's tough. Um, I'm about yeah. to fall asleep right now. I'm down. You want to nap for this for one? Thirty minutes. All right, we're gonna do a meditation session today. Yeah. Um, so I feel like anytime we get the legal stuff involved, I'm also like the uh, our lease is up soon. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not gonna resign unless you fix. You know, all that. I'm throwing yeah, the fucking yeah. kitchen sink at them, and yeah. they're not throwing anything back at me. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the funniest part is all you're asking for is just air. This is right like, in the middle in the middle of the New York summer, like. Yeah. The worst part was like it broke again like two days before all those people flew out for the weekend. We had like 20 people in the office. It got up to like 84 on the thermostat. We cooked in here. Yeah, it was tough. Tough Not the right type of cooking. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to scare that guy by yelling, welcome welcome bike right now. If if you're energized enough, yeah. That's my goal right now. 